Welcome to Radio Free Rabbi with Rabbi Joshua Aronson of Temple Judea in Tarzana, California. No, it's there are nice Tent. parts, and, and I think you like for like I could imagine like yeah, like you, at best you are convincing yourself that you are far enough away from a major conflict to not worry about it, right? Which is like a terrible thing to convince yourself of, and like I don't understand. To me, it just seems very like an antiquated thought process. Like if it is. For religious reasons, I don't agree with it because I think religion is silly. If it is for truly the preservation of Jewish people, it makes no sense. Because, again, you don't keep something you're trying to preserve all in one place, especially when that place has proven to be volatile pretty pretty volatile you know i'm trying to keep all these things safe i'm going to put them in my blender yeah. and hope that that's the best place to <laughs> that that'll do it like it, it just it doesn't make yeah. sense to me and so i i and and i also think that as a jewish person like i was fed a huge amount of lies about israel my entire, entire life, life you know yeah. they never tell you that oh by the way there were people there they make it seem like it was just like they're sitting there yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the Doors open. Hours for the taking. (laughs) And welcome back, Radio Free Rabbi. I have been away for a long time doing what I do and um, missing out on my podcast. This is episode eight of Radio Free Rabbi. And um, wow, that introduction, that little clip, that little, little blurb from Seth Rogen has been going viral and burning up the internet uh, in uh, a very interesting way, everybody all over Seth Rogen, mostly in a negative way, about that clip. And I want to get into a little bit about that clip, what it comes from, what the background is to it, and why people are getting so upset on episode eight of Radio Free Rabbi. Um, you know, there really has been a tremendous amount of uh, angst about this. That clip comes from a, a podcast uh, called WTF. I guess you know what that means which is run by a guy named uh, Mark Marin, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. I actually um, uh, didn't really, I knew Mark Marin was doing this, didn't really, had never listened to his podcast. I knew he had this, I knew it was successful, um, but I really didn't know much else about Mark. Uh, and um, this episode features features Mark talking to Seth Rogen. That's it. That's the whole thing. I guess on all of the WTF podcasts, they feature essentially Mark Marin talking to people. And those people range from uh, President Obama to, to Seth Rogen. And so I'm going to make a podcast about the WTF podcast, which is a fairly meta thing to do. But um, nonetheless, it's important, and I really want to kind of delve into um, what I know about it and what's going on and all those kinds of great things on Radio Free Rabbi. Now, look, I don't know Mark Marin at all. Um, And as I said, I really didn't know much about him or his podcast. He's extremely successful, and honestly, I'm a bit jealous about that. Um, But I had never listened to it before, uh, before this podcast, so... I will say he came across to me as a pretty likable guy, a kind of a guy I'd hang out with in college if we'd been at the same college. Through Googling and through listening to the podcast, I learned that uh, Marin is born, was born in New Jersey and he moved to Albuquerque uh, where his father was an orthopedic surgeon and he was raised as a conservative Jew. Um, now, I don't know Seth Rogen either, never met Seth Rogen, don't know him personally, of course, 
I know of Seth Rogen, and I have an impression of Seth Rogen that's built entirely on my impressions of watching Seth Rogen in movies and on television. I also follow him on Twitter, and uh, I've seen him interviewed a number of times on Late Night TV and Howard Stern, I think, and I find him very likable, and he's certainly funny. I really enjoyed that movie he was in with uh, Charlize Theron, uh, Long Shot, I think it was called, um, and uh, I'm glad he's famous. He seems like a really decent person. Um, I knew in the course of listening to a few of his interviews that he was from Vancouver. Uh, I learned in the podcast that uh, his family, part of his family, comes from uh, New Jersey. And, you know, Seth Rogen, this has been pretty well known, pretty out there. Um, he went to religious school, as uh, most kids, many kids do, many Jewish kids do. And he also was very involved in Jewish summer camp, I think, Habonim, but don't quote me on that. Um, and he went for many years, like many of our own kids do, from roughly age 8 to 16. So, uh, you know, he also had a bar mitzvah. And he also reveals in the course of the podcast that um, his parents actually met in Israel on a kibbutz. Now, I think this is a great podcast. I specifically mean this episode of WTF. Um, and of course, it's the only episode I've heard. So I, I, I'm not an expert on podcasts, and I'm certainly not an expert on uh, WTF with Mark Marin. But uh, I thought this was a great podcast. And I want to tell you that the first thing you got to do is make sure while you're listening to my podcast, you have up this podcast. And um, you just got to Google it, and you'll figure out um, which podcast it is. And you'll be able to follow along, um, and uh, you should. And I will reference the time codes, the timestamps, as uh, I go through this, so you can listen to the relevant parts uh, and and to judge for yourself. Um, so, uh, um, why is it a great podcast? It's a great podcast because it is an in-your-face Jewish podcast. You really can't get any more Jewy than this podcast. And it's Jewy in an inside baseball kind of way. Um, it's Jewy in a, in a uh, truth be told, it's the first sustained conversation that I know of, or among the first sustained congregation uh, a conversation that I know of about Jews by two relatively famous Jews. I've never heard Steven Spielberg, for example, sit down with Barbara Streisand and talk about being Jewish. I've never heard Jerry Seinfeld sit down with Larry David and talk about being Jewish for over an hour. That would be an interesting conversation. But Mark Maron and Seth Rogen sit for over an hour, almost an hour and 20 minutes, and essentially talk about being Jewish. And although the conversation has become a flashpoint, it's an interesting and important conversation for us to, to deconstruct, for us to parse. Now, the criticism of this podcast is that Seth Rogen made some comments about Israel, and we're going to get to that. There are people who are ready to excommunicate Seth Rogen. I don't know that they've listened to the entire podcast. I'm guessing very few of them have actually listened to the entire podcast. But now I've listened to it twice. And um, 
I'm going to give you an annotated version to some extent of episode 1143 of WTF uh, with Mark Marin. And we're going to begin by discussing a conversation that starts at roughly 15 minutes and 28 seconds into the podcast. That's the timestamp you should look for. Now, there's a discussion between Rogan and Marin about soft Jews versus tough Jews. And it's very relevant, it's very revealing, and it's very poignant. Marin and Rogan admit to being soft Jews. And it gets really interesting at the 16-minute mark or just thereafter. Um, and it turns out that Marin and Rogan both agree that there's some sort of consensus that James Kahn is the toughest Jew. Now, as you know, I'm a Jew and I'm all over people who are Jewish and I try to know all I can about all of those people. I never really thought about that. Who is the toughest Jew? Well, Mark Marin and Seth Rogen seem to agree out of nowhere. I don't know that they had a plan that James Kahn was like the toughest Jew, but Seth Rogen makes a mistake. It's almost a fatal mistake from someone like Seth Rogen. And he claims almost, this is hard to admit. I hope you're all sitting down. I don't even want to say this. It's, it's, it's tough to hear. He claims that Gene Hackman is the toughest Jew. Now, Gene Hackman, Gene Hackman is a great actor. One of my favorites. He's iconic. French Connection. I go on and on and on. But he's not Jewish. Yeah, James, uh, uh, Gene Hackman is not Jewish. Marin points that out. Seth Rogen is incredulous. He can't believe it. What do you mean he's not Jewish? But he actually Googles it in real time. And sure enough, he is forced to confess. He admits easily. He corrects himself. Hackman isn't a Jew. Now, in my opinion, if you were going to roast Seth Rogen for anything, uh, it would be for this mistake. Um, but uh, I think it's a far more egregious statement to try and get Gene Hackman to be a Jew than in anything he said about Israel, but that's just me. Um, but by and large, after they've eliminated Gene Hackman from the Jewish gene pool, they have agree, They then can agree that James Kahn, everybody knows who James Kahn is, I hope. Who did he play in The Godfather? What's that? Yes, he played Santino Corleone, Sonny Corleone. Exactly, Tollbooth scene, that guy. That's right, he was a tough guy in that movie. Uh, and he's played a lot of tough guys in his life. And apparently, he's the scariest Jew around. I, I don't know if he would agree with that. I don't know James Kahn personally. I actually did meet James Kahn's mother once in Park City. She seems seemed lovely. Um, but anyway, let's get back to Seth Rogen and Mark Maron, who needs to talk about James Kahn. So the discussion about soft Jews versus tough Jews leads to one of the crucial interchanges between Marin and Rogan. It is this. A discussion about how tough Israelis are. And that starts at about 17 minutes and 44 seconds into this podcast. Now, it's, it's not surprising that really... Uh, this part of the podcast hasn't gotten a lot of attention. Um, it has not gotten a lot of attention because uh, they're talking about how tough Israelis are. And in fact, 
That's a kind of stereotype about Israelis that Jews try to sell. The Jewish community really tries to sell this idea that Israelis are tough. We're proud that Israelis are tough, and we're proud that they're around to defend the rest of us Jews. It's part of the great Israeli narrative, isn't it, that one of the selling points of Israel is the IDF, the Mossad, the IAF. Jews are all over this stuff, especially from kind of conservative Jewish groups. They really try to sell the idea of Israel and Israelis as tough people as a part of uh, the Israeli narrative. And there is a great degree of truth to that. But nobody really mentions this when they're talking about Seth Rogen going off the reservation uh, a little later on in the podcast. Um, And I think that the fact that nobody pays attention to this part of the conversation underscores much of the problem about with what is known as the Jewish establishment, of which I'm a part. Um, And the idea that the Jewish establishment is happy when you sell the picture of Israel as a nation of the IDF and tough kind of people, think Fauda. Um, That's what a lot of people want to sell about Israel. We are a take-no-prisoners kind of people, and we are going to fight for Jews. And that's ingrained really in the IDF itself to some degree. That's one reason uh, some of the IDF ceremonies are held at Masada. Um, And that's ingrained in the narrative that Jews in the diaspora want to tell about Israel. They also mentioned, Marin and uh, Rogan also mentioned that um, uh, Israelis are not only tough, but a bit brusque and a little hard to get along with. And in fact, a bunch of us always, you know, I've been in I've been among people, our people, who actually, who actually talk about that, the, the brusqueness of Israelis. So, all right, there we go. That's kind of one point. Next up in the conversation are some flashpoints uh, that Rogan begins to make it uh, about 20 minutes, 21 minutes and 51 seconds into uh, the podcast. Now, he's talking about the fact that he's married to a Jew. And he claims that he happened to marry a Jew by accident. And he wouldn't have cared either way if he didn't marry a Jew. And he admits that his wife really hates it when he says this. I'm not sure why he's saying it, although probably most of us say things that our spouses don't like. Um, And then the conversation goes on because Mark Maron asked, well, how would it have gone if you married someone who wasn't Jewish? Because Seth Rogen, again, I don't know him personally, but he comes across as about as Jewish as you can get. There's nobody going to walk around thinking that Seth, Seth Rogen's ancestors came over on the Mayflower and he was uh, raised at the uh, country club on Rhode Island. Nobody's thinking that about Seth Rogen. When you see Seth Rogen, just like when you see Larry David or Jerry Seinfeld or half a dozen or more than that other people in the entertainment world who were on screen, you think that's a Jewish guy. And Seth Rogen certainly comes across as a Jewish guy without a mistake. And he admits, Seth Rogen does, that he's not so sure it would have gone so well with someone who wasn't Jewish because that would be hard to live with. It's not like uh, Seth Rogen Rogen is your mayonnaise-eating kind of Jew, is he? No, he's your kind of dyed-in-the-wool hardcore Jew, Um, and uh, at least ethnically. Um, So, uh, and this kind of goes into a territory that 
Rogan begins to own up to the fact that with a guy like Ro with a guy like Rogan, with a guy like himself, who's so overtly Jewish, it might be hard for a non-Jewish person to live with that for a long time. And I think this certainly points to a conversation that some Jews have, certainly when they're searching for a partner and when they're considering marrying someone who's not Jewish. Now, we know that often, many times, those relationships work out great and there's no problem. But it is a conversation that people have. Are we going to be compatible for a whole bunch of reasons? And, um, and one of them certainly might be that. It's a painful conversation, but it's a conversation that, that uh, uh, people have. When we reach... 25 minutes and 25 seconds into the podcast, Marin and Rogan start to talk about Rogan's family that fled from Eastern Europe and ended up in Winnipeg. Now, this is a story that's known to every Jew. This is our story. Jews, and it's very clear, and when you listen to this podcast, you can hear that the narrative of Jews being persecuted has deeply impacted Seth Rogan. That's what I'm hearing. I know a lot of Jews, and I've I know a lot of Jews, and I've talked with a lot of Jews, and I think I think I have a fairly well tuned ear for Jews and Jew speak, and I think that Seth Rogen genuinely understands about anti-Semitism, and I think Seth Rogen has been shaped pretty significantly by anti-Semitism, and he essentially says this later on in the podcast. He admits that his grandparents were the tough Jews as opposed to the soft Jews, because they grew up in an environment in which everybody hated Jews. And that environment shaped them and caused them to, um, to, to, to come out, uh, to come to the United States. And then Seth Rogen makes an extraordinarily salient point that probably isn't made enough. And I think that Seth Rogen makes it in a rather articulate way. He says, you know, when Jews meet people here in America, when non-Jewish people meet Jews who live here in America, they don't understand that they are probably here because someone tried to kill their family in the not-too-distant past. And I say, go, Seth, go. That is true. That is exactly true. I would say that it's true for just about, not just about, I would say it's true for every single Jew. Even if you're a Sephardic Jew, it's true. You were kicked out of your country in, be it Spain or Portugal, uh, because you were being persecuted. Now that's the less, that's more in the distant past than my grandfather, but it's still not that far in historical terms. And I think Seth Rogen has it absolutely right. And this is an important little element that goes into some of the things that are happening today, where the story of Jewish persecution is recent in history. A lot of it happened outside the United States and therefore is not necessarily embraced as part of the history of the United States, although there's plenty of anti-Semitism in the United States. But kind of the horrors that caused our people to leave Eastern Europe obviously happened in Eastern Europe. So obviously those horrors are not part of, parcel of, American history as we recount American history. And Seth Rogen says in this podcast, and he is correct, that non-Jewish people really don't understand that. More importantly, I would say, and Seth Rogen didn't say this, Jewish people don't understand that. 
Jewish people who are only one or two generations removed from the boot of a Cossack really don't understand that every single Jew who lives in America is here because they weren't wanted somewhere else. And to hear two Jews, and by the way, Mark Marin agrees with this and participates in this conversation as well, to hear two Jews who are clearly proud to be Jewish, and I want to emphasize that, uh, I get the impression that Mark Marin and Seth Rogen are extremely proud to be Jews and are not running away from their Jewish identity in any way, shape, or form. And to hear them talk about it, even in their own idiosyncratic way, is refreshing and long overdue. You know, it's one thing for me as a Jewish professional to talk about these things in the way we do and to retell and to tell and to retell the story of Jewish persecution in Eastern Europe. It's quite another thing when you hear Mark Marin and Seth Rogen tell the same story. So we get to the part of the podcast <clears throat> that's become a flashpoint, and it happens at about 26 minutes and 30 seconds into the podcast, where Marin and Rogan talk about Jews leaving Europe after the Holocaust. And where do they go? Now, many Jews went to America. Many Jews went to Israel. Uh, many Jews went to South America. And Rogan says it doesn't make sense to him that, and these are his words, uh, that we put all of our Jewish eggs in one basket. He said, it isn't a good idea for all the Jews to gather in one place, implying that it would be easy to kill all the Jews if that happens. Now, Seth Rogen isn't the first person to say this. Um, many other Jews say this as well. He's probably the highest profile person to say this in a long time, but it's hardly a new idea. Um, he also points out uh, that uh, having all the Jews in, live in Israel be there is part of an evangelical Christian end-of-the-world apocalyptic ideology that requires all Jews to live in Israel and then Israel would be destroyed. Now, this isn't a mainstream Christian belief. You don't hear this preached in Catholic churches. But uh, there are quite a number of Christian pa evangelical Christian pastors, such as John Hagee, the most notable, um, who believe this. And I've been quite critical of John Hagee for a long time, and I refuse actually to ever participate in any programs with John Hagee for many reasons, one of which is that he and his uh, parishioners believe and teach an ideology that says all the Jews should move to Israel. The reason John Hagee is interested in having all the Jews move to Israel is because he wants to see Israel ultimately destroyed so that the Messiah can come. That's his reading of history. So as this conversation is unfolding, Marin asks Rogan if he would ever consider living in Israel. And that's about 27 minutes, 32 seconds into the podcast. And Rogan says no. Marin also agrees that he would never live in Israel. And then Rogan lights the flame. At about 28 minutes and 50 seconds into the podcast, he says that he was fed a lot of lies about Israel. And this is the quote that went viral. Now, Rogan went to religious school by his own admission, and I think he went to a reform synagogue. I'm not 100% sure of that. And he went to camp for, for all of those years, and he had his bar mitzvah. So Rogan is a guy with reasonable Jewish credentials. He actually possesses the Jewish credentials of most of the people at Temple Judea and most of the Jews that I know. 
Um, aside from those Jews who go on to study Jew- Judaism in college or become Jewish professionals, he basically has more of a Jewish connection than many people and a Jewish upbringing that is quite in line with the typical upbringing of suburban Jews today. So that's important to keep in mind when we start criticizing Seth Rogen. Now, what are the lies Rogen was referring to? Um, well, he points to some. Uh, for instance, the idea that, that uh, there were people who were not Jews living in Palestine when Jews began uh, moving to Palestine as part of the waves of Zionist settlers. Uh, in the beginning in the late 19th century. And he points out uh, correctly that in synagogues and at Jewish camps, we don't present a particularly nuanced view of Israel. And that happens to be true. We teach a, a, a version of Jewish history that is not inaccurate, but it is not a version of Jewish history that includes certain pieces. And maybe that's the right thing to do, and maybe it's not. And of course, Seth Rogen's comments on this score are wildly out of context and leave aside the historical and theological and ideological framework in which the Zionist movement in the modern state of Israel came to be. So I'm not, I'm suggesting that what Seth, that's what Seth Rogen is saying is not an unusual point of view among people who are as old as Seth Rogen. And Seth Rogen, I think, is in his early 30s. This entire conversation from the idea that Israel was a bad strategy for the Jews after the Holocaust, he uses the metaphor of a blender. Would you put your most precious possessions into a blender and keep them there to keep them safe? It's a bad metaphor. It wasn't, uh, wasn't really a good idea. Um, but he says it was a bad strategy to try and sell Israel as the place all Jews should move. Um, and... Uh, you know, he doesn't have, in, I don't know if it's true, but the quote indicates that he doesn't have a particularly nuanced view of Israel on both sides because it's complicated. Um, and um, I'm not even sure what he said really reflects what he believes. I, I don't know that. Some people are, now this has gone incredibly viral in the Jewish world. And people are calling Seth Rogen a self-hating Jew. People are calling for a boycott of his movies, uh, and many are posting his quote that I was fed a huge amount of lies about Israel all over social media. Now, let us recap and let us begin to understand what's going on here. I think Seth Rogen is someone who cares deeply about being Jewish. Seth Rogen at some point in the podcast actually talks about the fact that he kind of was dismissive as a young kid and a younger man of Jewish ritual, but he's actually come to appreciate how Jewish ritual is meaningful. And actually, he talks about his wife's uh, parent, I forget if it's mother or father, who dies uh, relatively recently, and he talks about the Jewish mourning process through that and how it is helpful, and he speaks in glowing, somewhat glowing terms about that. So he, as all of us do, we go through time when Judaism has more resonance with us. And ritually, it seems that maybe Seth Rogen is coming to understand that Judaism plays a little bit, has, can have some more meaning uh, in his life. And that's not an unusual thing, which is kind of the point of my podcast. 
Seth Rogen is not an outlier. He's not a self-hating Jew. He's not uh, out to get Jews or Israel. Quite the opposite. Seth Rogen is exactly the kid, now young adult, that we, people like me, have raised in our synagogues around the country and reflects our teaching. Whatever Seth Rogen knows or doesn't know must in some part reflect on some of the work that we've done. And I don't think that the right attitude to take towards Seth Rogen is to call for a boycott of his movies. This is a guy who goes on the air and talks for an hour and 20 minutes about being Jewish in, maybe you don't want to call it a thoughtful way, but I think there's a lot of meat on the bones of the conversation between Mark Marin and Seth Rogen. And I think to dismiss it as, a self, as the act of a self-hating Jew who's an ignoramus completely misunderstands Seth Rogen, does a great disservice to him, and fails to realize that Seth Rogen comes from the milieu that all of us are trying to support and build. So maybe the answer for us is to begin to reconsider what we're doing so that as the new generation of Seth Rogens is going through our religious schools and our Jewish camps, they're able to actually have a little bit more information at their fingertips that would present them with the information they need to actually embrace, for example, Israel in a more robust kind of way. There's nothing we should be afraid of. As you know, I deeply love Israel. I believe Israel was the project of the Jewish people. I've devoted myself to studying about Israel and preaching about Israel. And you also know that I've been critical of Israel when necessary. And I think we need to now, in in this age in which we're living, be a little bit more thoughtful about what it is we teach people about Israel, especially in our religious schools and especially in our Jewish camps. And if our goal is to create thoughtful Jews who are connected to Israel, not as a matter of indoctrination, but as a matter of love and a matter of knowledge, then perhaps we learn from what Seth Rogen said that we have some work to do. So that's one point I would make. Anybody, another point I would make is, are we Jews so cavalier and are, is the Jewish world growing at such a clip that we can afford to excommunicate and berate and attack a Seth Rogen because he said something that, the, that many people his age think and that has some substance to it, even if we disagree with it? Is the right part, is the right tact to take just to say, I'm boycotting all of your movies, Seth Rogen? I don't think so. I don't think that's the right tact to take at all. I think the right tact to take is to embrace the Seth Rogans of the world and the Mark Marins of the world and bring them into the Jewish world even closer and have them help build our world. We need every person we can get. And here are two people who clearly love being Jewish, who aren't fleeing from their Jewish identity, who aren't hiding that they're Jewish. In fact, the reason one of the reasons Seth Rogen was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast is to promote his new movie. 
And his new movie is somewhat of an autobiography of his own family. And it's about a, a, a Jewish pickle salesman from 100 years ago who falls into a vat of pickles and is preserved and wakes up, I think, 100 years later. I think that's the basic plot point. So uh, he is clearly somebody infused with Judaism and connection to the Jewish people, I would say, infused with love for the Jewish people. Are we willing to say that uh, because he said some things that we find problematic or may not be totally as nuanced as we want, that we're just going to write them off? It's the same thing that many of our kids in religious school might say. Are, I think we're better off taking the tact that Seth Rogen represents something good about being Jewish, that Seth Rogen could, is, is one of us, we should be proud of it. If we feel that Seth Rogen may not be understanding our world in the way we want, the appropriate stance is to enter into dialogue with Seth Rogen. And the appropriate stance is to be open to the fact that he may have a point of view that he's not willing to change, and it may not be an inaccurate or incorrect point of view. And I think our Jewish community should be mature enough, by that I mean long-tenured enough, stable enough, robust enough to account for the Seth Rogans of the world. For, unfortunately, we haven't. And the Jewish establishment, of, whom I'm a, of which I'm a part, has not done well to embrace the Seth Rogans of the world, and we do so at our peril. So that's my Radio Free Rabbi for Radio Free Rabbi number eight. I'm looking forward to seeing all of you on Radio Free Rabbi number nine. Hey, Seth Rogen, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, I hope you would be because it's nothing but good for, for you. Give me a call. I'd love to have you as my guest or if anybody knows Seth, by all means, make that happen. I hope to see you in episode nine. Thanks a lot. This has been Radio Free Rabbi with Rabbi Joshua Aronson of Temple Judea in Tarzana, California. Produced and edited by Dan Leonard.